Thank you for listening to a message from the Bowden Church of Christ. For more information, visit www.bowdenchurchofchrist.com. That's www.bowdenchurchofchrist.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Bowden Church of Christ. We pray that this message is a blessing to you and helps you to serve God and find satisfaction in Him alone. And now, our speaker. Good morning. Take your Bibles and open up to Psalm, the 103rd chapter. Psalm 103. Be the text of our lesson this morning. Psalm 103. Good to see everybody this morning. I know that uh, we're beginning a week of, for many of you, travel. Uh, For many of you, it will be a time spent with family or uh, following some sort of traditions that you normally have. Whatever the case may be, I hope that you're safe while you travel. If you won't be with us Wednesday night, be careful um, on the roads or in whatever you're doing. If you are here in Bowden on Wednesday night and you are free around 7 o'clock, I would encourage you to come to our Bible study Wednesday night at 7. We're going to have a special service centered around giving thanks and thanksgiving. number of the men of the congregation will be leading us in prayer and in song and reading God's Word and just praying to God and thanking Him for all the wonderful blessings that He's given us. So uh, if you're available for that, I would encourage you, it will probably make your week so much better to come with God's people and to pray to God and uh, to find encouragement being together as we thank Him for all our blessings. One of the blessings we have is the Lord's Church. Amen? And it is a blessing that we can be together this morning. Again, another thing that's going on, if you don't have anything going on on Thursday morning, last year a number of us went over to Carrollton on Thursday morning and we spent the morning delivering meals to those who are in need. Uh, That is something that is uh, available for anyone who wants to go. We had the ability, the families who chose to go, to put literature for the church in those packages and to share with people not only the truth of God, but also give them an opportunity to maybe find their way here uh, to learn the truth. And so if you don't have anything going on Thursday morning and you would like to be a part of delivering meals to those who are in need, come talk to me or... um, Uh, Corey was there and uh, anyone who was uh, interested in that, you come talk to us and we can point you in the right direction of how to make that happen. It was a tremendous blessing to all of us to do that and we felt very fortunate to be a part of that. Uh, Now that's not something the church here puts on, that's just something we decided to participate in. And so if you have the ability, please uh, find a way this week to be with your church family in some way or another. Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5 will be the text for our lesson this morning. You can find the outline for that lesson in the bulletin. If you don't have one, they're on the table in the lobby to the right as you exit those doors. You can pick one up and follow along in that outline. I am a sucker for a good deal. Are you? I feel like if I find a good deal, that is a great blessing. But one of the things I've learned in my life is that with great deals come disappointing catches. Right? When you find a great deal, it is almost always that there is some kind of catch that you have to fulfill. You find a sale that's 50% off, 
they stipulate you got to spend $100. Or you find some other good deal, there is some catch associated with it. And so in my life, from time to time, I have found myself becoming a cynic. I don't believe the deals that people put in front of me. You know, there have been one too many princes of Nigeria who have sent me an email asking for $1,000. If I give them $1,000, they'll send me $5 million in return. I, I have become a cynic in life. Too many car dealerships have sent me an advertisement in the mail saying, if I just come to the dealership, they'll give me a free car. And I've learned that those things are not true. You know, in our world today, isn't it easy to become cynical of the things you see? This could probably especially be true depending on the service of occupation you're involved in. The type of people you work around or the type of people you're involved in, involved with every day, they can make you a little cynical as well. This world has a way of callousing us and hardening us to things that could be blessings. But however, this time of year always reminds me that there are still blessings in life that we should consider. Things that I should always be thankful for. And we all know that this week is going to be surrounded in us remembering the things we are thankful for. We'll be thankful to God for our families, for our spouses, for our children. You may be thankful that you have a steady job, a reliable car, that you have talents and skills you can use to provide for your family, or that you have friends that are close to you in your life. We all know how important it is to be thankful, but sometimes the world can callous us and we can stop being thankful. And so this morning from Psalm 103, let's look at some reasons that we as Christians can be thankful to God. Not to forget to be thankful, but to always remember that God has richly blessed us and we can be thankful. Let's read Psalm 103 verses 1 through 5. I've got three points for you this morning. The lesson will be yours. Verse 1 of Psalm 103. David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you, your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. This morning, I want us to talk about how we can be thankful to God in the same way David is in Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And the first point this morning, number one, comes from verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 103, where David says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. That word bless in Psalm 103 verses 1 through 2 is a word that means to salute. It may be the respect that we give to someone who has served our country or as we stand for the national anthem, the flag of our country. It may mean a word that translates to worship. That is, we bless God, we fall down and we worship Him for who He is and what He's done. Bless the Lord, David says. It is a word that means to kneel. That is, I were to kneel down before someone who is in authority and show respect to them. But this word can also mean to give thanks. In essence, this phrase can be used in Psalm 103 verses 1 and 2. Thank you, O Lord. I want to thank you with all that is in me. Thank you, O Lord. And I will not forget all of your benefits. 
David says that his praise in verse 1 is something that should be of thankfulness to God. But he doesn't just say, I want to thank God. Because if we're honest, probably most of us, before we go to bed at night, at least this is the prayer that Sidon prays. Dear God, thank you for mommy and daddy and Sidon and sister. And then normally he'll throw in his cheesy noodles or his pizza or something. In Jesus' name, amen, right? All of us can have an attitude of thankfulness, but David doesn't just say, I'm going to thank God occasionally. Or I'm going to thank God when I see the blessing in my life. He says in verse 1, Thank you, Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Have you ever used the phrase, It took all that is in me to not do fill in the blank. You ever use that phrase? Or it took everything that was in me to do fill in the blank. David said, It took everything within me to praise God. And by praising God, I gave him everything that was within me. I found a quote in studying for this lesson that I want to share with you. It's a really simple one, but if you chew on it, it may be helpful this week. It was a man by the name, a scholar by the name of Matthew Henry. Some of you may be familiar with this name. He said this, Thanksgiving is great, but thanks living is better. It's good for us at times in the year to give thanks. But what is even better than that is for us to live a life of thankfulness. And so David says, thank you, Lord, all that is within me. I will thank you, Lord, with all that I have. Now, this isn't something that's new to David because all throughout his life, he praised God with everything he had. If you'll remember in 2 Samuel chapter 6, as the Ark of the Covenant is being brought before David... David in 2 Samuel chapter 6 begins to dance before the Lord and he danced with all that he had before the Lord. His wife, Michael, she looked down on him with contempt and in 2 Samuel chapter 6, the Lord caused her to be barren because she did not look at David the right way. She had contempt against the way that he was praising God. David was a man who was serious about worshiping God, serious about thanking him. For all that he does. But I really like verse 2. Verse 2 is really the reason we're here in point number 1. Because David says, I'm going to praise the Lord with all that I have. Everything that I have is going to give thanks to God. And I think that probably all of us could connect with the fact there are things in our life that we should be thankful for. Things that we can be thankful for because God has blessed us. But David says this in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. I don't know if forgetfulness is an intrinsically human flaw, but I believe that all of us at time, from time to time suffer with forgetfulness. We forget to do things. Like, for instance, I'll often kick myself all day on Thursday if I forget Thursday morning to roll the trash down to the road because then I've got to really work to make sure that we don't create too much trash because then the trash can will get full. And if I forget to do that, man, I am so disappointed in myself. Forgetfulness is a... Well, that's something that's human, isn't it? But David said, I should not forget. Let me never forget all the benefits of God. But it can be easy to forget. If you remember in Luke chapter 17 verses 11 through 19, Jesus came upon 10 lepers. You remember the story? And the 10 lepers, they needed healing and so Jesus healed them all and they all went presented themselves as being clean of leprosy. But how many came back? You remember? Just one, right? 
Now, I think sometimes we're really hard on these lepers because I try to put myself in their shoes and I could see myself being forgetful as well. You know what? They might not have been with their family for a long time. And as soon as they were cleansed with le from leprosy, they may have ran home to their wife and children, not being able to hug their children for years and years. But yet they still forgot, didn't they? They forgot from whom the blessing had come, that it had come from God. We need to make sure that we are always thankful. But guys, isn't it easy sometimes to focus on the things that are not blessings? Doesn't the things in life that are problems seem to take prominence in our mind when they're present? When we have issues in life, they become the most prevalent thing in my mind. I think about my problems often. And maybe that's human choice. But I tell you what, to correct my focus takes deliberate choice, doesn't it? It can sometimes become natural and easy to focus on the problems, but it takes deliberate decision to focus on what's right. I found this, uh, I know it's kind of like cliche for a preacher to read a poem from the pulpit. I try not to do that very often, but I found a poem, so let me share it with you. This is the poem I found about our focus on our blessings. The poem re reads this way. Count your blessings instead of your crosses. Count your gains instead of your losses. Count your joys instead of your woes. Count your friends instead of your foes. Count your smiles instead of your tears. Count your courage instead of your fears. Count your full years instead of your lean. Count your kind deeds instead of your mean. Count your health instead of your wealth. And count on God instead of yourself. How many couples would find very little difficulty in being able to point out the flaws of their spouse? Many of us find it very easy because we do it on a daily basis, don't we? Myself included. But it takes deliberate attention to point out and pay attention to the blessings that your spouse brings into a marriage. It's easy to do this because even from the beginning of the Bible, God has told us that it, it, it becomes a temptation to focus on the negative. Think about the Garden of Eden, okay? I don't know how you picture the Garden of Eden. I picture it in my own way. You probably picture, you have an image in your mind when you think of the Garden of Eden, this beautiful garden where Adam and Eve existed in perfect harmony with God. Do you know how many blessings were in that garden? I bet they were innumerable. All the sustenance that God offered, probably the fresh springs of water that they could drink from, all the blessings that God placed in that garden. But you know what Satan made Eve focus on? The one negative thing. Satan took her attention to the one thing she could not touch. It's easy for you and I to focus on the things that are not blessings. But what does David say in Psalm 103 and verse 2? He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Maybe this was the Hebrew version of count your blessings. I don't know. But as Christians, shouldn't we always count our blessings? I tell you what, that's something we can be thankful for. That God has blessed each one of us so differently, individually, and specifically. So, point number one is that we should, in order to be truly thankful... Count our blessings. But then David lists two points of example when it comes to the blessings that God gives us. And we're going to study those two examples for just the next few minutes and the lesson will be yours. And so David puts our mind in Psalm 103 to say, stop focusing on the, the bad of life, the negative of life. Turn your mind away from that and don't forget God's blessings. Remember his blessings. Let his blessings be at the forefront of your mind. And then David lists two sets of blessings that I want us to study. 
This is point number two and point number three in your lesson, and then it'll be yours. Point number two, what is one of the blessings that God gives us that we should always be thankful for? David mentions it in verse three. One of the blessings that God gives us is that he forgives all our iniquities and he heals all our diseases. Point number two, God blesses us with a whole and a healthy life. H uh, W H O L E, a whole and a healthy life. Now, what do I mean when I say that out of verse 3? That God gives us a whole and a healthy life. Now, we understand that we should thank God for our blessings, but we should also remember that we have to thank God for what He has done for us. Did you know the Bible tells us about two very specific people? One of them is called the accuser. The other one is called the advocate. And essentially, the, the theme of Scripture, the, the storyline of Scripture, is about the advocate and the accuser. Now, if you'll remember the accuser from the book of Job, Satan came before God and in their conversation began to make accusations against Job. Job isn't going to serve you faithfully, God. You've put a hedge around him. If you took away his things, he's not going to serve you anymore. He's going to turn away from you. You see, Job stood before God and tried to get into the life, or, or the devil stood before God and tried to get into the life of Job. I believe that the devil does that in sorts today trying to get in the life of God's faithful people. And you know the reality of it is that if the devil stood before God to make accusations against me, he wouldn't have to dig very far to find them, would he? He's a good accuser. He accuses me of what I'm guilty of. And rightfully so, I am guilty of sin. But the Bible tells us about a second person. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 1 calls him the advocate. That while Satan accuses us, of the things that we do, our advocate stands there with his nail-printed hands and says, wait just a minute. That one right there has been washed clean of his sins. He belongs to me. He is mine. And Jesus is our advocate. You see, in reality, you and I have iniquities and sins. But Jesus came to earth to pay the price for the iniquities that we commit. Take your Bibles real quick and go to Hebrews 13 with me. Hebrews chapter 13. As Christians, the most important thing that we should be thankful for is for Christ. Hebrews chapter 13. Many of us know verse 15 because we talk about it when we talk about singing at the worship service. In verse 15 of Hebrews 13, the Hebrew writer says... Through him, then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. I should, on a daily basis, be giving thanks to God. But why should I? If you back up to verse 12, the Hebrew writer tells us exactly why I should give thanks. So Jesus also suffered outside of the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. What is, the, what is the, the foundation, the source of my thankfulness? It should be the sacrifice of Jesus. And for that, we should be thankful each day that God has forgiven our iniquities. Even though the devil accuses me correctly, I make mistakes just like you do. But God forgives us of the iniquities that we commit because of Jesus. And so, if I'm truly going to be thankful, don't forget God's blessings. One of His blessings... He forgives my iniquities. 
Another thing that he mentions in Psalm 103 and verse 3, he says also that God heals our diseases. God heals our diseases. Now, remember that in the context of Psalm 103, David is talking about his soul. Now, while I affirm that God has his hand in the life of every person, both appointing a time for them to die and then ushering them into judgment, Hebrews 9.27, God has his hand in the life of every person because every person has an appointed time of death. That's what the Bible teaches us. I do not believe that Psalm 103 is telling me that God heals all my physical diseases because David is talking about the soul. So we have to ask the question, I know that my body has diseases and that the longer I live, the more diseases are going to come up and I'm going to have to deal with those. I know that's the case, but does my soul have disease? Well, absolutely. The Bible tells me all about my soul's diseases, the problems that I incur by living in this world that my soul can be tainted by the works of the world. Don't we remember in Galatians 5 what are called the works of the flesh? The soul is full of all kinds of diseases. Hate, fear, doubt, anger, jealousy, pride, greed. All of these things are souls of the diseases. So why should I be thankful? How did David say, Thank you, Lord, for all that you do. I will thank you with all of my being. I will never forget your blessings because God forgives our sins. And he heals our soul's diseases. God takes care of you and me, which is the opposite of the world because the world's desire is to leave you and I broken, to take us, break us, and leave us. But yet Psalm 147 and verse 3 says that God takes those who are broken and he binds them up. He heals the brokenhearted. Psalm 143 and verse 7. So, point number two, God makes our life whole and healthy whole and healthy. Finally, point number three, why is it that you and I can be thankful today? I know I can be thankful because God blesses me so richly and God takes care of me on a daily basis. All you have to do is close your eyes and think about something in this day that God has blessed you with. I promise it won't take long to find something, right? You see, we all got here this morning, didn't we? We all have clothes on our back. Some of us have Full bellies, some of us are about to go get full bellies. God takes care of us, doesn't he? So we know we can count our blessings, but the greatest blessings are that of forgiving our sins and healing our brokenness. He binds us up and he heals the brokenhearted. He heals our diseases. But finally, point number three is that in the midst of Psalm 103, David says, I'll bless you with all that I have. You're the Lord God. I will bless your name. I'm not going to forget your blessings. You forgive my iniquities. You heal my diseases. And point number three, God gives us a life that is meaningful. God gives us a life that is meaningful. We read this in Psalm 103, verses 4 and 5, when David says that God is a God who redeems our life from the pit who crowns us with steadfast love and mercy. And he satisfies us with good so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. Now being bought by Jesus' blood, being bound up and being beautiful before the eyes of God gives our life its greatest meaning and its greatest purpose. I have the greatest meaning in life when I am searching to serve God 
Don't we all know people who have wasted their life searching for position and prestige? People who have spent every waking moment, every waking hour, and every bit of their energy searching after some type of power to make them feel in charge. But the Bible says in Psalm 103 and verse 4 that it's God that gives us prestige. It says that He crowns us. He crowns us. We all know what a crown is, right? A crown is given to someone who's in power, someone who's in authority, someone who's in a position of prestige. The world search for, searches for prestige so diligently and they look over the greatest prestige that can ever be given. The honor that is found in being in Christ. God crowns us and then He crowns us with His purpose. Loving kindness, tender love, and mercy there in verse 4. But I also find it interesting that the Bible says that God brings us up out of the pit. I don't know about you. I don't know everyone's personal life and their experience so far. I've gotten to know every one of you that deeply. But I could probably guarantee that every single one of us at some point in life have felt like we were in the pit. You know what the pit is the picture of. Just go back to Genesis 37. Joseph loved his brothers, but his brothers hated him. And so what did they do? They threw that man in a pit. I mean, they literally threw him in a pit and sold him into slavery. I wonder if that was the lowest part of Joseph's, Joseph's life. I wonder if it was later in life when he was thrown in prison for trying to do what's right. I wonder if that was the lowest part of David's life. You know what we learn out of both of the instances where Joseph hit a very low point? God brought him out of it. He was thrown in a pit by his brother, but God brought him into Egypt and took care of him. He was thrown into prison by Potiphar, but God brought him out of prison and made him very powerful in the land of Egypt. God can take us if we feel like we're in a pit. And He can redeem us up out of it. Psalm 103 and verse 4, He redeems us from out of the pit. He gives our life meaning. He gives us purpose. And we, know, we all know people who are chasing that purpose or that meaning. But unfortunately, so many people get to the end after the long run and they find out that what they've been chasing actually really doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It wastes away quicker than anything else they've ever experienced. They wake up one day and maybe they feel tired and empty. They feel no purpose to go on. They may even, I've heard people say they felt betrayed by the things that they've worked for because it didn't deliver the same satisfaction they thought it would. You see, when we're in God and we're living our life for Him, He's forgiven our iniquities. He has bound us up when we've been broken. He's brought us up out of the pit and He's given us actually a, a, a place of prestige. I can find true, meaningful life in that. Because he says in verse 5 that he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So many people live an unsatisfied life, but in God we find a life that is truly satisfied. He uses the illustration of the eagle. Now, people are all over the place debating about what this eagle means in Psalm 103 and verse 5. Some people think it means that mythical bird that they used to talk about that would die and would burn up and then would rise up out of the ashes. Some people think that that's what that is referring to. Other people think that it's talking about the molting of the eagle. Now, when Morgan and I had chickens and I saw the chickens molting for the first time, I thought that I had killed them. I mean, you know, they were like almost no feathers on them. They looked terrible. I mean, they were just the ugliest little creatures. They were already that way before. But when all them feathers started coming off, man, they looked rough. 
doesn't that, that kind of picture our lives sometimes, though? There comes time when we, we feel like things are going really hard, and then out of that scenario, we can bring about great joy and purpose. The chickens look better later. But some people think that's what that eagle's referring to, that even though we find ourselves in a pit of destruction, God can bring something beautiful back out of that. You see, when I'm truly thankful... When I live my life to serve God, I find true meaning in Him. I find that He heals my iniquities. He binds me up when I'm broken. But all that is predicated on me not forgetting the blessings of God. That He truly takes care of you and me each and every day. It's in God that we find this true meaning. But have you found true meaning in God this morning? Have you found yourself forgetting the blessings of God and focusing on those things that pull us away from God? Sometimes the burdens of life seem to overwhelm you. Don't turn from God in those moments. Draw closer to Him. Even when we feel like we're in the pit of life, as Joseph was, he draws us up out of that pit and he makes us to serve Him more efficiently. Maybe you need to change something in your life as far as your thankfulness. Maybe you haven't had this same attitude that David is talking about, that he was going to bless the Lord with all that he had. And it was all that he had that was going to give thanks to God because God was so richly generous to him. This morning, God is richly generous to you in many ways. Each one of us, that's a specific way, right? We have blessings from God. But all of us this morning have the blessing of God's Son, a generous gift that we can be thankful for if we've taken hold of His Son and been forgiven of our sins. Maybe the case is this morning that you need to begin being thankful to Jesus by taking your life and turning it over to Him in obedience to His will. Maybe you need to have your sins forgiven by being washed in the water of baptism that puts us in connection with the blood of Jesus. Or maybe the case is that you've done that at one point, but somewhere along the way you've allowed the burdens of life to overpower you and you've turned from the Lord. Maybe you need to come back to Him and remember His blessings. Whatever the case may be this morning, if you have a need, please come as we stand and as we sing.